Hello and welcome to the Nursing Standard Podcast. I'm journalist Erin Dean and this episode is going to focus on the perimenopause and particularly the impact it can have on nurses' mental health. The perimenopause is the phase when women are experiencing menopausal symptoms but are still having periods. Among the long list of potential symptoms it can cause are those that affect mental health. These can include changes to mood like low mood, anxiety, mood swings and low self-esteem, according to the NHS. As 9 out of 10 nurses are women and more than a third are aged 41 to 55, a significant proportion of the workforce are likely to be going through the perimenopause right now. Joining me today to talk about the issue is Catherine Gale, Consultant Nurse in Women's Health and Menopause and Director of Flux State, which provides care for women going through the menopause and training for workplaces to improve support. Thanks for joining me, Catherine. Thank you for having me. So from the fact that the vast majority of nurses are women, and we know that many are aged in their 40s and 50s, perimenopause is likely to be something that many of our listeners are going through at the moment. If not them, their colleagues and loved ones uh, may well be experiencing it. So let's start with what is the perimenopause? What is happening in a woman's body at this point? What a great place to start. So perimenopause is the time around menopause when our ovaries gradually stop working. And yes, it is a natural process that causes the symptoms you mentioned, the mood swings, the brain fog, hot blushes, irregular periods, and a whole number of other symptoms. But the timing and the intensity of the symptoms is different for everyone. And so it's this fluctuating hormones of estrogen, and progesterone and declining testosterone that can cause the severity of impact on women leading up to the years when their periods stop. And menopause is when our periods have stopped for 12 months. And that then means we're moving into post-menopause. But this time of perimenopause is really when we notice women finding these symptoms are really impacting on their work, their home life and their health and well-being. So it's that build up to the menopause and um, there can obviously be quite a lot of fluctuation and changes with the hormones by the sound of it. What kind of ages is it likely to happen for women and and how long does this phase tend to last? Yes, uh, so... um... Basically, the average age of menopause is 51. But what we know is the majority of women will go through um, the menopause between 45 and 55. And therefore, this perimenopausal phase can start a lot earlier. We know on average it's between sort of four, six years. But in our experiences and what women tell us is they're experiencing them for a lot longer than that, for 10 or 12 years. Um, So unfortunately, it's different for everybody. And then, of course, there are that 25 percent of women who sail through it and just get to a point where their period stop and they haven't really been aware of this period of time. But um, so it's the majority, though, that will have some symptoms at some point by the sounds of it. Yes, absolutely. One or, or two that are having some impact. Yes. And so what kind of symptoms can the perimenopause and the menopause have when we're thinking about our mental well-being? What kind of, I know you see a lot of women going through the perimenopause and menopause, what kind of experiences do they talk about? What's having a big impact on, on their mental health? Um, quite often women are struggling to really join the dots about whether it could be the perimenopause. So I get asked that a lot. 
is this the perimenopause? I'm not sure. And it's because they're not getting those common symptoms straight away, the hot flushes and the night sweats and irregular periods. And actually, it's those mental health um, symptoms that they're really um, impacting them, particularly as nurses working uh, in healthcare. And so one of the first um, that I hear women talk about is this more anxious feeling they have, um, and even leading to panic attacks and insomnia and some social anxiety uh, around catastrophizing and ruminating over decisions that really means uh, this feeling of anxiety that they may not have experienced before suddenly comes out of nowhere and gives them this feeling of sort of doubt and uncertainty, which makes it difficult in the workplace. Other symptoms that women talk about is this low mood around this time as well. And we know that women who have had depression in the past are more likely to have depressed feelings um, around the perimenopause. But for some women who haven't had this feeling or diagnosis of depression, they've got this real sense of low mood, feeling of helplessness, feeling of hopelessness about the future, and this irritability with life and those around them that causes this sort of unexpected rage where women don't recognise themselves around this period of time. And and do these symptoms tend to um, creep into your life quite slowly, do you think? Is that what women say? Yes, and I think it's the um, unpredictedness of it. So some months you may find that your period's quite normal, that you're definitely ovulating. um, And then you might go uh, another month where actually uh, your ovaries aren't responding in the way that they normally would. And so your estrogen levels are lower, perhaps you're not ovulating. And suddenly those those feelings intensify only for you to have a period and then calm down again. So it needs to, um, it's the fluctuation that causes women to feel this. I'm not sure if this is actually the perimenopause or I often hear, am I going mad? You know, am I, am I, have I got dementia because of the brain fog and the lack of ability to focus um, and remember people's names and things like that, which then fuels this anxiety and feeling of sort of um, helplessness. Yeah, so quite distressing symptoms that could, could have a real impact day to day on home and work life. Yes, that's right. And it's also really important to notice that one in a 100 women will go through the perimenopause and the menopause before 40. And so that we can't just assume that it is that group of, of nurses and, and colleagues and, and, and patients around 45 um, to, to 55, that it can actually be much earlier. So sometimes I speak to women and support them in my clinic um, who have gone through a hysterectomy, for example, um, and or have gone through cancer treatment, or have just unexpectedly found that they've got premature ovarian insufficiency and their ovaries just stop much earlier. So it's really important that we help women of all ages really understand the perimenopause and the symptoms so that we can constantly ask, could this be the perimenopause? Uh, That's to our colleagues, that's to those in our family, that's to our patients as well, having the confidence to ask that question. Yeah, so some an important message in there about not making assumptions that, as you say, if you're younger or your your friend or colleague is younger, that that it's not the menopause. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm sure there are a, a range of experiences when it comes to the impact on on a nurse's mental well-being. Um, but what can what can the worst outcomes sadly be for women? So, you know, it's a period of time for women where there is so much change going on. I often hear from women that they talk about, um, you know, 
feeling like they haven't got the energy and such fatigue. They just can't sort of manage what's going on around this period of time where they might be caring for young children or, or, you know, teenagers. They might be caring for elderly parents. They might be feeling the real intensity of work pressure and stress. And so around this time, not only have we got these mental health of anxiety and low mood and, and possible depression, we've got women filing for divorce uh, around this time. So real breakdowns in relationship. Uh, they're pulling back from their social network and support from friends just through, you know, f- feeling of isolation. And unfortunately, uh, we are hearing of, of more women and particularly nurses who uh, die from suicide. Yeah, so some very, uh, some very sad and distressing cases are out there that, that you've heard of. Mm, absolutely. So um, there's a charity um, that supports nurses and they recorded that uh, that actually on a daily basis, a nurse is taking, uh, attempting suicide. And we know that female nurses are nearly a quarter more likely to be at risk of suicide than any other females um, professions. So and one of the most common reasons for nurses currently um, leaving the profession or removing themselves from the register is this feeling of too much pressure so then add in this perimenopause and the time of of change and fluctuations and you know it's no wonder that we're unfortunately hearing this sad statistic of one nurse every day um you know attempting to take their own life absolutely so let's look at what might improve a nurse's experience of perimenopause what might help um help people feel more supported so first of all we've spoken a bit about how uh, a woman might not know or might not pick up exactly Mm -hmm. that she's going through the perimenopause when she starts experiencing these symptoms what things would you say to nurses to look out for that might flag up um that, that that's what's behind some of this anxiety and these changes um and and is it always easy to identify and and do healthcare professionals pick it up a, a gp's good at, at spotting when a woman's going through the perimenopause well i have to admit that when i was 40 um, and I had a young son, I walked out of my job not realising that I was going through the perimenopause. So if somebody who's, you know, sat here, always worked in women's health and is unable to identify it in herself, and none of my colleagues, you know, asked that question, could it be the perimenopause? We have to recognise that it can be difficult for us to see it in ourselves that we're going through it. Mm-hmm. So I think any nurse... Um, should uh, raise awareness of those signs and symptoms of the of the perimenopause and the menopause. That's the most important thing. So I really want nurses to educate themselves about what's going on in the body around the time of the menopause. Um, and to know that, you know, every experience is different. Some people, um, you know, the impact of it is severe. And so, you know, it's that range of symptoms and how they might present that is really important. And then, you know, one of the most important things is creating a culture where there is no stigma and taboo. That would be the ideal around the menopause and heavy menstrual bleeding, for example, which I know nurses really um, do uh, stress that it's it's a challenge to cope with that as they enter the perimenopause. And so um, having a culture where we can talk about the impact for ourselves 
and ask for support is the most important thing. And then also for managers to really have an ability to share some empathy and compassion for the women around this period of time. There's so much judgment, unfortunately, about mental health and about ability to cope and resilience and actually at this point in time in our lives women are looking for that area where they can actually voice what the challenges are want to have support from their managers on how they can make some adjustments um, to their working life so they can get through this period of time. Mm. And, And do we have any data specifically on how the perimenopause affects the mental well-being of nurses? Yeah, so I was looking into this um, before COVID and I recently completed some research into the working lives of menopausal women in the NHS because there was a real gap in the research about well, what's the women's experiences of um, menopause working in healthcare. And so um, I sent a survey to 9,000 staff in a large acute hospital and um, we had 9% uh, women um, respond to that survey with an average age of 49, so bang in that period of time of the perimenopause. And the majority of them, yes, okay, they reported no or mild symptoms, but 43% of them reported moderate to extreme. And that what they were talking about was this severe physical and mental exhaustion and we also found that 51 um, percent indicated that these symptoms were having a moderate to great impact on them at work so it really is a workplace thing that we need to be um, offering more support for nurses but there's very little research around it so um, it's looking at what else is going on in other corporate areas that we might be able to bring in and, and, and allow the healthcare sector to be a real flagship for supporting women so that we can retain experience and nurses particularly to stay in the workplace. I mean, those figures are just so high, aren't they? And mm-hmm. and so shocking, really. And we know that there's uh, we know there's a, a, a workforce crisis. So this sounds like such an important area to focus on. And and how do you think these symptoms affect nurses at work? We know that the work of nurses is complex and busy and demanding and involves balancing lots of different things, a lot of them to do with risk and safety. What kind of impact do you think this is having on nurses as they work? Well, we know, like you said, one in 10 um, is uh, leaving the workplace because of the perimenopause. But we've also got a huge number who are leaving, like I did, silently almost, without realising that they're going through the perimenopause. So it's really important that we recognise that we can't just keep recruiting new nurses to come and join us, that we have to hold on to this experience. And one of the issues is, is that often women find their confidence and their self-esteem is affected around this period of time. Perhaps that's affected because of the anxiety or the low mood or the hot embarrassment around the hot flushes and the night sweats and the impact on their sleep, making them um, really struggle with brain fog and concentration. And my goodness, has the NHS and, and healthcare sector gone through so much change and innovation over this period of COVID. And then if you so if you add in this feeling of not having confidence 
unable to retain information. Unfortunately, I'm hearing nurses who are quitting because they feel they made a mistake or they feel like they're not good at their job anymore. Um, and yet haven't had that opportunity to explore what support might be available for them in the workplace. And it sounds really sad if nurses um, are being lost to the profession because of these symptoms that that actually they could have had some support with. And and do mm. we know in a, do we know anything around what might put um, women at higher risk of some of these um, mental well-being symptoms? So women who have struggled with anxiety and depression earlier on in their life or women who have had uh, premenstrual syndrome, for example, or the, or the more extreme version of that, PMDD, um, report more um, intense and severity of symptoms in perimenopause. So that group of women, definitely, we need to be aware of that they need some more support um, around this period of time. We also know that if women have had um, adverse child um, incidences of, of trauma or in, even trauma later in life that can really impact uh, them around this time and that, that trauma can really bubble up around this time as well so recognizing that is really important we also know that it's really important that we are very inclusive around the menopause we know that um, non-binary and trans men may well be going through uh, this period of time as well um, and that they all Already are struggling with um, high rates of anxiety and depression and therefore this can be a really tricky time if they feel um, unable to disclose uh, that they're going through the menopause it can feel a real time of isolation and finally we know that black women will go through the menopause earlier and um, they will again have more intense symptoms. So we really need to make sure that when we are talking about the menopause, that we are including, including all women's experiences and those that have been um, assigned female at birth to make sure that any menopause cafes, for example, any information, um, it feels like it's about them. It's putting the me back into menopause rather than just us talking about white Caucasian women and their experiences. Mm, some really important information there. So so for nurses who are struggling with symptoms, um, where do you recommend they go for help? What's a good starting point? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one is educate yourself so you understand uh, what changes are going on. Uh, you can complete things like a menopause symptom um, checker and you can go through and make a list of those that are having an impact on you and then what I would say is have a read around around the um, treatment options so most um, we know that years ago 30% of women were taking HRT currently it's around 14% so and we know that HRT hormone replacement therapy although it's not for every woman uh, they don't want to take it or they can't take it because they've had um, say breast cancer in the past it is the most effective treatment for menopausal symptoms and the perimenopausal period of time is when we want women to trial it if that's something they're keen to look into rather than waiting until they're postmenopausal, um, because the greater impact on their brains their bones and their heart is in that period of time where they're still having periods. 
Um, so also I wanted to just say the other things are, you know, um, around CBT, cognitive behavioural therapy. There's a huge amount of research um, into the benefits of that. And we know that we often talk about CBT for anxiety or low mood. We're now started to talk about it for insomnia. But really, um, it's so helpful to have a CBT approach, cognitive behavioural therapy approach to changing our perspective and uh, around this period of time, uh, changing our thoughts and our feelings around it and um, can actually reduce the severity of symptoms like hot flushes, night uh, sweats, anxiety, low mood and insomnia. So if you can't take HRT or you don't want to take HRT or you feel that HRT didn't work for you, CBT um, is definitely another area to look into. Brilliant, thank you. And, and where should nurses go for that? Would it be their GP if, if they're part of a large employer, maybe they have occupational health services, would that be a starting point? Yes, many organisations now are offering menopause spaces where you can have conversations and share experiences. And we're also seeing that lots of healthcare organisations have put policies in place, which is great. So yes, um, occupational health, um, nurses and doctors are starting to become uh, more experienced in supporting uh, staff around the menopause and can often of, um, you know, help regarding discussions with uh, managers about possible reasonable adjustments. Um, and practice nurses have a role to play in supporting uh, women around uh, the perimenopause. So, um, and I'm involved in educating a huge number of practice nurses to build their confidence in having these conversations. And yes, GPs, but we also have uh, to recognise that we've had a gap of around 20 years of expertise in primary care around um, perimenopause and menopause. So sometimes I'm hearing from women that they're struggling to get acknowledgement that they are in the perimenopause and to get the, the treatment that they want and need. Um, I um, have a community of two and a half thousand women called Flux State Menopause on um, Facebook, where women are um, welcome to come and join us, where we share information. And I've got a downloadable ebook as well on my website around all the symptoms. So I feel that this is a time for women to be their own advocates read around um, the information that's available on the Women's Health Charity page around the risks and benefits of HRT. And if you're not getting, um, you know, the care that you need, it's then asking for who is the uh, women's health lead in my area. Um, that's really important. I would love to see that the healthcare sector is able to support um, women to get the treatment they need the, um, you know, promptly so that they can return to work. Because we know when women uh, have eight weeks or longer off work, they're more likely to step out or step down in the workplace. And we really can't have that if we want to retain experienced staff. Absolutely. So that feeds in really to how much support the nurses tend to get from their employers. What do nurses tell you about what it's actually like to be working during their perimenopause? So nurses are um, constantly reaching out to me actually to, sh to share that they're struggling uh, with the menopause at work and my survey um, in one organisation really does show that. But um, quite often Nurses feel uh, it's difficult to voice 
their concerns around the challenges they might be having. And that might be because managers don't have that training in how to support staff. So we know that NHS England has released a document around how we can support uh, you know, uh, those in menopause at work. But actually, we do need to um, do more training so that people feel comfortable having these conversations. Managers don't need to be experts, but it can be uh, necessary to signpost women to some further support or information to help them make a decision. So unfortunately, there's a lot of big appetite for us to embed the menopause policy at work. But then there's also women's experiences currently where they're still struggling to get the support that they need. And unfortunately, I'm hearing uh, nurses say that it's too late for me. Unfortunately, I I just the pressure is too much. I'm unable to get the support that I need. And I am um, leaving my workplace, which is desperately sad. And so for any nursing managers listening to this, what are the the top things that they could do that, that would make a difference for their for their colleagues and their teams going through this time? Yeah, I'm really um, pleased that you asked that because, like I said, they do not need to be an expert. So come from a place of empathy and compassion, come from a place of trying to understand somebody's experiences, their own personal experiences, rather than what our own experience might have have been. I think that's really important. Create some space um, where you're not going to be uh, interrupted and circle back to somebody. If you notice somebody is struggling in a meeting or suddenly their ability to to cope with a new change that's come into place which is unusual when they've been coping so well circle back to them and um, speak calmly from a non-judgment place where you're comfortable with silence just to give them some time to share what might be coming on coming up for them I think that's really um, important and use your health and well-being support that's in organizations liaise with occupational health and if you feel that you need some further training on menopause there are some um, NHS England has released a menopause awareness um, module that um, is for all staff to raise um, their knowledge of uh, menopause and what support but I go into organisations and support organisations to really embed their policy and train managers to have these conversations and know what reasonable adjustments they can make Um, so that we can support staff through this difficult time. So more than anything, it's about being being kind and being open Mm. and having empathy, as you say, not necessarily having all the answers, but just being supportive for your staff in that moment. Absolutely. One of the kindest things you can say is, how can I support you? is one of the greatest things that we can do. And being prepared, you know, that we may not be able to do everything we can, but understanding how difficult it is for that person to get the support they need around this time is is really key. And and do you have any messages for men? Because um, uh, do they, uh, can men who are managers find it particularly difficult to bring it up with their, their colleagues or their team, do you think? They can be great allies. So, again, creating that space, you know, in the same way as you would around somebody's mental health. You know, we we know over the last 10, 15 years how important it has been the role of managers in supporting staff around mental health. This is the same. It's a similar 
issues but it's just there's that taboo and stigma and embarrassment around menopause we know that women want managers to talk to them about the menopause the research suggests that so you know yes you might feel worried but when I talk to male managers about the impact on women there becomes this sort of uh, wish to be an advocate for women in their team women in their family their friends and their community and actually they can real champion a change in the workplace so I would say don't you know educate yourself realize this is a normal life transition and your reaction to this and your you know is important it's key because if you can hold that space for somebody to talk then that means that you can then offer them some support so I think that's the key thing is is understand where your embarrassment comes from and know that the menopause doesn't just affect women it affects partners it affects team members it affects um you know those in our community it affects everybody so we all have a role to play in being an advocate for women Oh, thank you so much, Catherine. It's obviously such a critical area to get right. And I think that's that's a good message to finish on. You know, be an ally, be an advocate, be aware that this will be affecting so many women, if not yourself, your colleagues, your loved ones, your team members. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me.